guys, I have some big news. Oh, What's your big news? Spider-Man's enemy just became Marvel's version of Joker. What does that even mean? Spider-Man's I don't know, enemy? I just got an, uh, an update from ScreenRant.com. They're, they're crossing universes because the Joker's just too hot. Yeah, I think instead of uh, playing, it's a, instead of playing Morbius, Jared Leto is just going to reprise his Joker from Suicide Squad. But this time he's going to fight uh, Spider Man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and this time he'll be actually by. And the, the current the Tom Holland Spider Man does fight exclusively uh, middle class workers who are suffering from um, <laughs> being kind of oppressed and. Uh, used by billionaires so i don't know how the joker figures into yeah, that. that that's what's so that's what's so based that's what's so based about the new spider-mans and all media is like either spider-man is union busting on the big screen or in our video on our video game screens he's uh he's expanding uh, the nsa and tracking down snowden i mean the the <laughs> spider-man the one with jake gyllenhaal is literally the, the plot of the movie is spider-man busting a union <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's Spider Man beating up a bunch of aggrieved, underpaid uh, workers in a big company to defend the honor of a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Hey, Absolutely, you know, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Absolutely, oh, and I mean, I uh, also sorry, this is a subject change, but this just popped up in my feed in my various. My phone just like went off with a bunch of like stories for me. Um, can you okay. guys guess what sport the athlete named Slam Dunkley plays? <laughs> Slam ball. <laughs> Not basketball, nope. I guess. It's not basketball. <laughs> not 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 the sport where that comes from. Yeah, not the sport where that he was named that like someone tried to do nominal determinism on him to make him good at. Um, no, he's a he plays a, he plays he's a rower. He plays crew. Okay, really? Yeah, the maybe the least slam dunkly sport of them all. Uh, I could see the last name Dunkley being a crew crew rower. Yeah, something like Charles Dunkley. Yeah, like Sam, not so much. Chuck, Dun- Chuck Dunkley. What, what are the uh, Chuck Dunkley rows? What are the Facebook guys? Winklevoss, who are rowers? Oh yeah, that's that's a rowing oh, yeah. name. The Army Hammers. Yeah, the Army Hammers. Army Hammer is also a role, uh, rowing. Yeah, game. if you if you row if you yeah. row, you're 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 one of my mortal Chad enemies. What if you use like a in home rowing machine for workouts? Then you're Kevin Spacey. Then you're just House of Cards in it. So either you're a pedo or you're a Chad. There's really no that's the binary with rowers. <laughs> pedos or Chads? Yeah, pedos or Chads. There's no Chad pedo, is there? Can a Chad be a pedo? I don't know. I feel like you can have a Chad pedo. Yeah, let's explore that for an hour. I feel like Bill Clinton's kind of a Chad pedo. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Chad Pito. I think if you uh, take a Pito and you add a little sax, you get a Chad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We should make a chart to explain how all this works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that would be helpful. That's usually what I, that's what I miss about comedy, right? Is I actually wasn't doing jokes. I was doing political perspectives and putting them on screen. I was doing my kind of witty, just like unique observations of the world, the way I see it. The way that I see it, my unique way. Giving Mm -hmm. the world a a glimpse through my eyes. Yeah. Well, we'll take speaking of glimpse through, uh, through eyes and perspectives. Uh, welcome back to Game Boys, everyone. We've got uh, we've got Michael <laughs> Goldenberg here uh, for re- return visit, uh, returning champion. Yeah, uh, we're really excited to talk to him about uh, you know the state of the world, the state of uh, politics and gaming, and uh, a lot of other fun stuff. Um, but yeah, Michael, how you doing? I'm good. We just got back from seeing Tenet in theaters. This is our spoil filled review. Uh, wow. Okay, <laughs> so you have weeks to live, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on a countdown right now. I'm actually in a bunker. They won't yeah. let me leave. If you see Tenet, they don't to, let you leave the movie theater. Better to die young and see Tenet. Yeah. No. Better to die young and see Tenet than live forever and not know why Bullet go back in gun. Exactly. Right. And I think also uh, it, the yeah, movie they go has backwards a lot to do with time? George Tenet of the Bush administration. What? You can't talk over me when I'm talking, Michael. Is the lag that bad? 
is the lag that bad or are you that bad? I, I got to find out now. I was, I was, I was <laughs> okay, trying to incredible. Tenet. Um, not even, I, I'm, I was halfway through my joke and you know, it's not even worth it. Let's just get going guys. Uh, <laughs> Call of Duty Cold War. What's happening? Let's do it. Uh, hell yeah. How, how are we feeling? Are we pre-ordered? Are we ready to see Reagan? Number one question I have, how did they mocap Reagan? Is he still alive? These are my big questions. Uh, well, Reagan, I think they took him out of the grave and filled his body with mice. Yes. Um, and moved it around that uh, way. Attached some sensors to it and then sort of just dragged cheese around the mocap studio. Incredible. To like to motivate, you know, automated body movement. Yeah, we, we yes. have to see we have to see more of the game because if that's the case, you know, that whole trailer Reagan just stands there, which is easy for mice, right? Anything could just stand there. Yeah. But once he starts moving, he's gonna be like for sure he's be a big jumbled yeah. mess. But you know what? Oh, Reagan is cool is- again now. Reagan is yes. my uh Reagan's my Reagan's my problematic dad. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I am those like army guys who are like, come on, dad, let us do war crimes, dad. It's always yeah. been illegal, dad. Mm-hmm. It's very like punk yeah, kid attitude, which I guess is nothing, yeah. more, it's very, nothing uh, more punk than Ronald Reagan. It's very weird to me. This is something I saw. I don't know if this is true because I've not been following this mega closely because I don't care for Call of Duty stuff. But um, I saw that you can play with like a non-binary gender option, but also Ronald Reagan will tell you to like kill innocent civilians. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is the same. And this is the same video game. No, I mean, I've always wanted to uh, invent AIDS as a trans person. Like that's like the number yeah. one thing I wanted to do in Call of Duty. It's a really beautiful sort of summation of the the tension between like projecting woke politics and like doing woke politics. Yeah. And I think the, the, the main thing right now is we don't know what they're going to do with Reagan. We can app, but we can absolutely make educated guesses based on call of duty's history. Um, before we get into specifics on the trailer and stuff, I mean, call, this is not new for the call of duty series at all. Um, many of their games in the past um, have had uh, interesting perspectives on history and some downright revisionary um and you know we've talked a lot about the the u.s army growing on twitch and gaming becoming incredibly more mainstream and this seems just like a confluence of all those events uh is that people are realizing that gaming probably is just as good as other major media now to uh to you know to to rewrite history and to set narratives um and uh, of course they're gonna start doing this more and more and i just thought we had a few more years guys i thought we had a few more years of just innocent gaming before we had to like turn that into a political realm as I well i don't think there's been innocent gaming in a long time i mean we're living in a world <laughs> 16 years ago i think was america's army came out i think after that it's it's, you know, it's hard to say yeah. this is all new. Yeah, you're right. Max Payne did bring libertarianism to the forefront. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Libertarian politics. I, I don't think Jordan Peterson would exist without Max Payne. I think Jordan Peterson yeah. is the real world version of Max Payne. J- J- Jordan Peterson is the bullet time of the right. Yeah, no, the absolutely. bullet time are his, are his talking points. <laughs> He's Max Payne. Um, Instead of firing off bullets in slow motion, he fires off uh Epic logic. Yeah. But to get into some specifics here, um, I wanted to pull up uh, this article from uh, Kotaku uh, that talks a little bit about Call of Duty's past uh, with this kind of history stuff. Um, So to quote here, uh, that's not to say that Call of Duty publisher Activision is free of these kinds of gaffes, intentional or not. This is the same series that 
for example, hired Oliver North as an advisor on 2012's <laughs> Black Ops 2. North, Holy shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> formerly a Fox News host and president of the National Rifle Association, is a controversial figure in American politics. He earned the national spotlight in 1986 as a key figure in the Iran-Contra affair, which saw the United States covertly sell weapons to Iran in order to fund right-wing death squads in Nicaragua as a way of destabilizing that country's elected socialist government. North also made a cameo appearance in the game himself. They put North in the game in Black Ops 2. Uh, when interviewed by Kotaku in 2012, Black Ops 2's developers hand-waved any concerns about North's involvement. <laughs> um so, yeah, I mean, they've literally been putting some of the most extremist right wing Fox News people as per, as like story producers uh, on the game. And so much as like literally putting them in, in the fucking games themselves, like actually putting them in the game. EA Sports, it's in the game. EA Wars, it's in the game. Maybe much. EA Wars, it's yeah. in the game. Because war is a game to these people. It's in the gun. EA SARS. What year, it's in what, the that was, what, what year was that? Black Ops 2. Um, I can pull up that data for you really quick. Um, I feel like it was. That would have been a while. Yeah, it must have been like 2000. It's a, okay, 2012. 2012. Mm-hmm. But there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there was a there was a lot of revisionary uh, uh, history uh, go, going forwards. Uh, aside from just like um, blatantly having Fox News hosts like uh, like kind of dictate uh, historical stuff around the Iran Contra, um, I don't remember Black Ops Two that much because aside from that, it was a shitty game for other reasons and pretty forgettable. Um, but uh, more recently, in 2019, Call of Duty Modern Warfare courted controversy by attributing its fictionalized version of the very real Highway of Death massacre. During hey, which, we go this one. During which an, an American-led coalition bombed a convoy of retreating soldiers and mainly civilian refugees in 1991's first Gulf War. Uh, this time, the game attributed it to the game's Russian antagonists. Um, so... Uh, as it's as we've shown with the history of Call of Duty, they have literally no they, they, they don't care at all about not only showing you our history, but completely rewriting it and completely pointing the finger on someone else um, in a way that's like, why don't you just call it like the like the highway of bones or the highway of doom? <laughs> like you could have like like you could have gotten away with it. But there just seems like- to be this insistence on on like actually really caring about building an alternative narrative. I think it's really weird. It's weird for a couple of reasons. One, like you said, they could have just like called it Bad Street and been done with it. Um, <laughs> they call but it, like, <laughs> but like also, they could have called it Gay Putin Street. <laughs> it's, it's also very strange to me because like, by using the name of a real thing, you're just begging people to Google the name of the real thing. Yeah. And then it's going to be like, hey, it's not what the game said it was. It's on Wikipedia. Is right. that like a, you think like, it's like a big, it's, one big psyop? Yeah, I get, it's something. It's really weird, man. It's well, it doesn't make any sense to me as a strategy, to be honest. It doesn't, but but it makes makes more sense to me on a financial level because if we think about it, uh, Call of Duty probably does like get military sponsorships for like showing certain cars and like obviously highlighting certain guns. Maybe like I mean, it seems like these are just inextricably like allied forces. Um, and uh, it's kind of uh, it's kind of shocking because we always I think approach Call of Duty as oh, it's just kind of like a dumb war game. 
but um, especially over the last 15 years, like Call of Duty has begun to find its place in the political spectrum more and more to the point now where it's making it, it just feels like it's like the Lincoln Project now. It feels like it's yeah, the Lincoln yeah. project of video games. I mean, in some ways, it definitely is. In some ways, Call of Duty's main project is to make America's imperialist history cool and fun for kids. Yes. And teens mm-hmm. yeah. so that they can love it. Like, in some ways, that's like the main goal. If you go to the offices at like Activision or Treyarch or Infinity Ward, I'm sure all these people working on these games are like libs. You know, they're all probably like, you know, oh, yeah, down with the Cheeto in chief and all that. But then they're simultaneously making this straight up you know what i would consider the 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 highway of death thing and the ronald reagan thing are so potent i would consider them straight up propaganda and they're making pretty much right-wing yeah. propaganda and i don't know how you yeah, how you right. yeah hold both those things in your brain other than you just right, don't right. truly care about anything <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you play a brave oan reporter <laughs> <laughs> like uh it, that's like that's where the next one's gonna be um but yeah so it's this idea that um like many parts of uh, our world things are starting to get a little bit more mask off in these really big ways um and yeah i i mean in the same way that uh, i mean we talk about forgetting about reagan people are forgetting all about george bush and, and in a way oh, yeah. i really don't think we're that far from an iraq game that portrays george bush incredibly favorably oh yeah like, i do think that is the next step like because like, oh, yeah, that does that does feel like the natural progression. Huh? We've we've forgotten entirely about Reagan. That's super long ago. But I mean, even way closer in our near history, we've almost absolutely forgotten. And like it's going to be like 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 there's a there <laughs> you can play as George Bush or the female version, yeah. Ellen DeGeneres and go around. Yeah, I'll you know, like, mention where it's uh, like <laughs> George Bush started a legal war in Iraq, but it was Georgette Bush. <laughs> uh yeah, it's the George Bush thing uh, is especially yeah. crazy for me because I remember like I wasn't even I wasn't old enough to vote or anything. I was like middle school, maybe high school, and George Bush was president. And even then, as a child completely uninformed, I knew this guy was terrible and everyone hated this guy. Mm-hmm. So to imagine right. all these people who were, you know, socially conscious at all at that time and are reverting, oh, you know, George Bush wasn't so bad. It's really uh really messed up. And he's definitely going to be a game where you like yeah. invade Iraq in a few years. Totally. Um, so I think right now what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this trailer. Yeah, there's a lot to uh, unpack. Yeah, there really is. I love every mission we do is illegal. That's the first line oh, where it's yeah, like, it's like, this is saying the, whole, the entire country's existence is illegal. It reminds no, me of a, cool. a tweet that was going viral yesterday where someone was like, if a teenager carrying a gun across state lines and defending property is illegal, then I guess every war that our soldiers fight across the world is illegal too. And it was like, yes, that, is, that, get it. is that the you, accidentally you've nailed left it, wing actually. account? Welcome, sir. <laughs> you are a hundred percent correct. <laughs> it just like reminds you of the same shit where it's just like, of course it's illegal, but sometimes the law gets in the way of justice. No, not only that, but that it's cool to to do the the everything is illegal that we do is just so cool because what they're trying to what they're trying to do is they're they're they're, they're like look at we're gonna bring up all this history, but we're gonna make you feel good about it. Like we're gonna make it like feel like that was actually cool to do because like this idea of of self inspection and like reflection on like America's imperialness is actually not fun. What is fun is to think that everything we've done ever was awesome. Yeah, I think especially at this time yeah. well, when these you know right wing goobers are like. 
you know, it's fucking cool and it's fucking sick that we're doing this, even though it's against the law. And then turn around and see these protests and are like, ah, the lawlessness. Someone's got to do something. Mm -hmm. It's very, very two separate parts of the brain that just do not connect whatsoever. That's unfortunate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's cool to break the law in other countries, but not in this country. It's very dirty, hairy energy. Yes. uh, In there. Sort of like, if it wasn't for all this red tape, ooh, I'd get the bad guys. Yeah. What we need is a loose loose trigger cop, I think, is what we need right now. What we need is a loose cannon army. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, it's like sort of the Call of Duty thing. Is Russell Adler a real person? I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. Let's find out. Uh, and also, um, he says, like, we could it, bring but... an end to the Cold War. At the time, did they call it the Cold War? I think that the Cold War was accepted as, as like, a, the term, a name a term. eventually. I don't know if it was then the 70s. Like the, yeah. yeah. Uh, when did you all start calling it the well, Cold War? Well, this is the War? 80s. If it's one. Reagan, this is the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. This that, is the 80s. Be, this is, uh, sorry, I forgot because they did the, the announcement. That'd be kind of like uh, in 1919, being the trenches, being like, man, World War One sure is the pits. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it here in World War II. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, another another thing that I really took from the trailer, apart from that uh, that line we just spoke on, is is that this is that while we don't exactly know what's going to happen in this game, it's incredibly easy to guess because the way that Reagan walks into the room, it has such Chad energy. They throw it. Like, they're like oh here here comes the guy who fucks like like this like the doors open and he like swings in and saunters in and it's like oh hell yeah this is the man yeah and i'm like well based on that energy we're gonna be doing some crazy yeah. things in this game I mean, there's a world there's a world where you could imagine oh like maybe it'll be the type of thing where like the first like maybe halfway through you realize oh we're actually doing bad stuff but you have him walking mm-hmm. in like a chad once that video plays and the Americans actually start talking, they open the blinds and like light just floods the room once the Americans are back in charge. It's like it's mm-hmm. so obvious. It's just like jingoistic bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it, it always it always is. Hell yeah. It always I, is. I but the, like, yeah, the deluxe edition. <laughs> yeah, there it always is. But like this seems like kind of they like they've juiced the more historically oriented they get with it in terms of like the specifics, the more like weirdly juiced the jingoism becomes, I think. Yes. Um, because it just feels more and more like rewriting history to justify the status quo and less like weird fun explorations of like a weird past, like an alternate past. Mm-hmm. Like the sort of like some of the ones where it's like we got to stop the terrorists at the airport or whatever are just like so clearly fictional and are based on like purely fictional yeah. stuff. Uh-huh. But like Ronald Reagan being like there's a Russian spy in the Cold War. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh Vietnam just happened. Everyone's stressed. It's like that was a real time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Very real. There's this is getting closer and closer to real shit and so it feels more and more like just kind of rewriting history like we were talking about and earlier. Even Modern so, Warfare yes. 2 though, the one with the airport one. Like the big twist in that game is that the American military is also bad, right? Yeah, isn't the big twist in that game where like well, the, they, they the, to- the general shoots you? He's like, "Hey, not like, really." I know the big twist that I remember is the general shoots you, and then his whole thing is like, "We, you were about to end this war, but we, the military-industrial complex in America, needed to keep going as long as possible." So then you have to kill, you have to fight him uh- as well. I think yeah, when they do those messages, they're still incredibly like watered down and like ambivalent on them. Better than this. Well, yeah, the way those messages are always set up and like deployed in those games is almost always like, hey, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, the, there's there's bad army guys, but army guy as concept is good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, 
it's so, always like bad apple stuff, yeah. which so is like, right. It's always bad apples. But so there's been a lot of other content, um, you know, out uh, that's been produced. So this isn't just the only video that they've released um, uh, around this game. And I would say that the trailer that we just watched is is sort of worshiping a, 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 a hero or establishing a hero, an olden time hero for the next generation. But there's another trailer that's establishing a villain. Um, and that villain uh, apparently is is Marxist uh, and, and oh, you know uh, it, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and so that's what's so that's what's such a one two punch about these is um, there's a second trailer uh, featuring um, featuring this uh, famous Soviet defector, Yuri Bezmenov. Uh, Lux, do you know anything about Yuri Bezmenov from your time reading books? Um, it's a name that's familiar, but I yeah. don't know it off the top of my head. Right. So basically, he claimed to be uh, an informant for the KGB before defecting uh, to the U.S. Um, and then during the interview uh, that they use in the trailer for this game, uh, he describes uh, the Soviet Union's alleged use of active measures uh, that are meant to sort of uh, destabilize um, the, the United States without direct warfare. Um, and that's uh, used using um, sort of uh, cultural Marxism, apparently, uh, sort of this boogeyman term uh, to sort of create destabilizations um, and create uh, protests and riots and destabilize the country from within, um, a la maybe something that looks a whole lot like BLM. Yeah, it's insane to put that out right now in the history of the world and the trailer demands the audience to um know your history uh which is uh, the tagline of the video um and so uh in, in a time where sort of the idea of, of socialism and Marxism, it doesn't even have a definition anymore to most people. It is literally just like a boogeyman word. Uh, we now have this AAA video game uh, sort of uh, instilling this sort of vague kind of boogeyman terminology in one of the most popular video game franchises of all time. Yeah, it's I mean, it's the, like uh, Goldenberg already got at it. Like it's there. There's so much just sort of like barely coded sort of like conservative propaganda and conservative mythology in these games that like, of course, the next thing they're doing is just sort of being like the big problem is uh, that the America has Marxists, you, you see, and they're all put here by <laughs> the Russians to ruin everything. Right. Yeah. Um, like mm -hmm. that was like an inevitable, that's like the inevitable next thing for them. Which is so funny because, uh, you know, I, I've heard a lot on tw on the Twitter timelines about Operation Gladio, which was sort of like our American version of that. Right. We wanted to like destabilize uh, like parts of like uh, like Europe and Russia. Like wasn't that the idea of Operation Gladio? Yeah. I mean, we've done the same shit all over the fucking world. Yeah. <laughs> like that was the whole like, I mean, like the, like the domino principle or whatever. Like that was the whole idea was like. If you had to stop sort of communists from getting communist in countries, otherwise countries around them would become communist and vice versa. So you had to like create Ameri like Democrat democratic capitalist mm -hmm. frameworks in other countries because then it would spread the other way. Like that was that was just like the guiding principle of the Cold War. Right. Uh, so both sides are doing that all over the damn place. Yeah, it's it's, it's very much you uh, know. That's just it's, fucking it's, sick it's, as hell. It's, it's they 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 say hey, when other people do this, it's bad. When we do it, it's good, and expect you not to think any further into it. Um, yeah. In terms of like of, mm -hmm. of make, convincing yeah. everyone like this, like this evil Marxism, uh, are we not going to for are we just going to forget that like one of that movies like Caddyshack are just like very clear Marxist texts? 
right? Oh, like so many like, <laughs> 70s, 70s, 80s movies are about some rich asshole is going to ruin everything for the common people and the common people all unite to take down the rich I asshole. I thought you were joking. There's so many movies like that. But the whole genre of the sort of slobs versus yeah, snobs I mean, comedy is very yeah. much couched mm-hmm. in like, like communist yeah. thinking. Yeah, boomers, re-examine your text. The boomers fucking love Caddyshack, right? Caddyshack is like the they, fucking they, lo- they love it. My dad to this day convinces himself that it's a funny movie. Like he like he knows what's funny today. Like he's like hip with the funny stuff today, and he still insists for some and in, in almost a, a religious way that that Caddyshack is still fun to watch. I think Caddyshack is funny. I, like I don't remember it. Yeah. I, I only watched it when I was a kid because like my dad loved it. But it's I like, give it a C plus. It's 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 a it's some rich I asshole. Give it at least a flat B, maybe more. It? It's a rich <laughs> asshole wants to buy this like beloved golf course and turn into like condos or whatever and then all like the not rich people including that main caddy unite to beat him at his own game it's it's clearly yeah, and there's like some big golf tournament at the end there's some golf competition at the end yes. or something and yeah. uh, and you know video games are coming to sort of balance the scales uh and and, and make it more right-wing because you know we've been seeing uh Eric Moneypenny in the chat right now says, I think Caddyshack is uneven in tone. I completely agree. There's some very, very long scenes there that are that are out, that are poorly paced as well. I think that's a fair criticism of yeah. the movie. I, all I remember but is anyways, the gopher. I, I think the boomers should re-examine their text, though, because they are largely like, I mean, like Biff is the president now. Yeah. Right. He, like and, you know, re, re, re-examine your text. He cheats. Uh, yeah. Biff, yeah, Biff, well, Biff, Biff cheats to get all his money and then becomes a selfish leader. And then the whole world under literally under his tower is his ruin. Mm-hmm. It's, all this shit's I mean, there. The real truth is that the majority of movies and stories and TV shows probably lean left in their ethics just because, like, you're not going to make the story of the guy with all the power um, or like the protagonist can't be like relentlessly pursuing power and glory all the time because those aren't cool things to do. Right. I mean, one like it, this is just all over the place. Like and it's basically every every story kind of works that way. One story that doesn't is, I don't know if you guys have seen Ford versus Ferrari. I've seen it, yes. Uh, Ford Ford versus Ferrari feels very contemporaneous to me, only in the sense that, like, the movie wants you to root for the bigger, richer company against, like, the mom and pop designer, like, 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 hip car people. And at one point, Matt Damon cheats, and you're supposed to be like, this is good and cool that Matt Damon's no, cheating Lush, at the race Lush. game. Enzo Ferrari was uh, rude one time. Enzo Ferrari yeah, was kind of like, rude to the them. Movie, yeah, I know the movie's like trying to make the argument that like the big business guys are the real bad guys, and then like the car making, just the car makers on both sides are cool. Mm-hmm. But like the movie basically is like you're rooting for the big unstoppable giant against like the small independent operation. Yeah, a little bit. Right. Uh, and if they have to cheat to win, that's cool because winning is good. And now, and and so now it we feels for very timely to me. Now, now the only heroes we have left are the operators. That's who we cheerlead for, right? Yeah. Um, it, but so there is this boogie. There's this boogeymanning of of Marxism and socialism. Um, there is this idea that we need to learn about containing chaos within our own country. Um, and you know what's even worse is that this is not just a Call of Duty problem, as we see with another trailer that came out last oh, week. That's yeah. right, boys. I'm talking about Tom Clancy's Elite Squad. Wait, before you get to the trailer, did you see the Twitter thing that happened with this? Uh, no. And did, should oh, we watch the so, trailer first, or is this important context? I think this is funny beforehand, I think. Let's do it. Um, So they posted this thing on Twitter that was like, in the face of like an ultimate danger, 
only the elite squad can save America from the threats looming or whatever. And then Mm -hmm. like the Ghost Recon account message and had like the protagonist of Ghost Recon like as a photo and it like had like a meme text and it was like, I'm in if you are. And then like the next like some other Tom Clancy game popped up and was like Splinter Cell and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Splinter Cell was like like, the two knives. Yeah, exactly. It was just all the guys and they were all like like little like kind of like semi memed out things where it was like. I don't work well with others, but if you need me, I'll be there. Or like Splinter Cell being like, good, I was starting to get a little lonely over here. And it was just like a a restraining order for my ex-wife. I guess I guess I got nothing going on. Yeah, it was just like a long thread of those. And it was like the most heinous bullshit I've ever seen. I hated it so much. Very real, very real, very relatable interaction on Twitter.com. The army army kicked me out for being too loud. You only kicked um, me out because I fired my gun too much. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the Navy wouldn't let me bring my anaconda. <laughs> I drank too uh, much seawater and they had to get me off that boat. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't stop sipping up the sea. Oh, man. Right, yeah. yeah. Na- natural desalination. That's that's on that's on the way. That's the next thing from QAnon. But uh, I want to watch the trailer from this game now too because it's really important. Um, and because <laughs> it's really uh, important, I'd say it's important. Yeah, I, I'd say it's it's incredibly important. And it's like uh, I always think like um, I don't know what would uh, what would I take away from this stuff as a kid and uh, and you know what what are we thinking about here and how did they what the fuck happened here? I mean, the story is basically Overwatch, but like feels more anti-semitic yeah <laughs> how, how long how long till uh how long till kyle rittenhouse is a dlc character yeah i mean probably like that's the kind of shit that's, like, that's kind of shit that, obviously it's not going to happen but i think that's like the kind of messaging i'm getting right is is this is that's like on release at deluxe edition this is a game we have a very right now a very high profile thing where a young kid who you know the demographic of this video game goes out and shoots protesters and right after that you have a trailer for a video game saying hey you as the player have to go out and shoot protesters. Kind of fucked up if you ask me. I wonder if this game really wants you to shoot protesters or just like, what I got off this game was actually more the idea that this thing that people love to do, which is that like protesters don't have an actual legitimate reason to be protesting and upset and are in fact just motivated by outside forces who are manipulating them. And that there's no real way these protesters could be this mad just on their own. Like, there's no reason they'd be this upset without someone telling them to be upset. And like, that's, that's what Umbra yeah, is. That idea is so fucking funny to me because, dude, trust me, everyone would love to be at home. Like, yeah. Everyone's only out here because it's it's a, it's fucking un, unbelievably awful. Yeah. Like, trust me, like it's not it. It sucks to it, protesting is exhausting. Yeah, it's, it's not hot. like a fun thing. It's not, I'd rather jerk off. Jesus Christ. Hot, like, you're risking getting the shit kicked out of you or killed by the police or dying from the virus. Yeah, it's it not sucks. Fun. It's not ideal. It sucks. Yes. Uh, but you got to yeah, do yeah. it. No one's doing this. Like, yeah, you have to yeah. do it. It's good to do, but it's it's not it's not enjoyable. Yeah, it's you not should like do we're it. getting our rocks, rocks off. off. But it's, not, it's not it's not like a big it's yeah. not it's not the pe- it's treated like the Pepsi commercial. The Pepsi commercial was like, hey, it's this fun social thing. We all go out and do and have fun. It's like, no, it's something you do because you need to demand change and you do anything you can with your physical body to show that if that's organizing in the space. <laughs> and it's also just like. <laughs> Yeah, an escort yeah. mission where you stealth kill Kylie Jenner in the Pepsi crowd. 
<laughs> it's just like that's that's the thing though, right? Is that it's like this game is asserting that these these the civil unrest maybe is to, to some degree natural, but is mostly driven by Umbra, the Shadow Org. Right. Yeah. right. Well, like, that's Antifa. It's this idea yeah. that Antifa, Soros, Antifa is, is like is coordinated and a lot more dangerous, and, and then and it's just and it's really helping build the idea of these like Antifa terrorist lists, right? Like it's incredibly carrying water for like that narrative, and they did it so quickly that it's like i'm starting to see like there seems to be a lot of coordination with these products uh, more than we expected because you know video games have long cycles right they have they have really long cycles but the way that this was sort of uh, reshifted uh, because the main controversy here and maybe what you can't hear from the podcast is during this entire trailer they're doing the the blm sign they're literally like using the the blm logo as signs of this like e this evil resistance of chaos um and, and that stuff was done incredibly quickly yeah, right? right and and i think we're going to start to see video game narratives in general start to pair and and work parallel with the with the political now i mean i don't know i mean yes it is incredibly tone deaf but i feel like in a way you do have to give ubisoft the benefit of the doubt I think all the guys in charge there were so busy sexually harassing their subordinates these past few months that they <laughs> yeah. just were not watching you the news. Tell. Yeah, I mean, they did not know. They, they were busy. It's just a coincidence. They were busy having company-wide like, yeah, horrible but, sexual harassment issues uh, here, there at Ubisoft. So you couldn't yeah, yeah, watch it, the news. Mm -hmm. It couldn't be up to date. Uh, I think... Yeah, I was... <laughs> I was too busy uh, asking my secretary if I had coffee breath to know there was a racism happening. Yeah, see, I, I see, I think, I think there's something bigger afoot with with these two happening, and as you said, Griffin being so masked off. Uh, I'm not a big sports. I'm not. I don't follow sports too much, but I do follow it enough. And I know in the NBA, they, you know, what was it? A week ago, there was a mat. You went. The Milwaukee Bucks sat out a playoff game. Yeah, so did a bunch of other teams. So did a bunch of baseball teams. Yeah, baseball teams. So they ended games, but the basketball NBA one teams was, too. Yeah, the best one was big. That was a playoff game, and this is the Milwaukee Bucks. This is a team that has probably like the MVP of the league, one of the most famous basketball players in the world. Uh, has I don't think ever really won a championship, and is in a very small window to actually win a championship. And now they're in a position where they're going to willfully forfeit a playoff game, right? And all these sports are doing it. If you think about it, so many of these like MAGA chuds can't enjoy TV anymore, can't enjoy movies anymore because it's so overwhelmingly yeah. anti-MAGA, can't enjoy a lot of music anymore. Sports was kind of the one yeah. place they could theoretically escape. And I'm not saying we need to cater to these people. We should feel bad for these people. But this is just the reality of the situation is now with all this shit in sports and even like NFL, I think people are unprepared by how many like NFL players are going to like kneel for the anthem and shit. Uh, they're going to have uh -huh. nowhere to go for entertainment, for any type of solace from like their mundane lives other than like Fox News and like GOP rallies and shit like that. And that's uh, wow. So the gaming has to has to sort of subsidize. Some I of think that. gaming is making it. I think gaming might be making a choice to be like, hey, these people are so, you know, feel a, so they're not pushed aside, but they feel pushed aside that yeah. you know we're gonna we're gonna create a new safe space for them. Right. Yeah. So much of society, so much society even. Social society outside of like pop cultural stuff does care to those people, but like pop cultural stuff is so ubiquitous yeah. that they definitely like have this like feeling of isolation that they yell about on the internet yeah. all the time. And especially and I think pandemic, you're right. There I is like a real that's all you have. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is a real like economic incentive for these games to be like, no, it's good that you're mad at black people. Um <laughs> and like have a gun. 
Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's tough, too, because I think, like, what can we do when the most popular games start to showcase these type of sort of nasty politics like because these big games are made by billionaires right they're made by these giant corporations and really the only type of uh leftist politics that we see in most of these games is usually from indie developers like our friend ted anderson's tonight we riot go download it right now on steam um it's but that game is like made with like two or three people you know and um Will there be a leftist response in mainstream gaming to this stuff or is the nature of gaming and the business monopoly aspect of it and the financial aspect about it like are we going to be able to ever get anything to to have to contrast that? Uh and then no I and mean, no is fine and, and we'll end the podcast now forever. I mean I mean I think that you're you're going to get some games in the mainstream that push back against that just because of the same economic incentive like there are definitely and there always will be like fantasy and sci-fi games that are like super about like big evil empire and the need to like get a, gather the people together to fight the big bad and their corrupt evils and shit. Um, that's like inevitable. But I, the question of like, will we ever see that setting in like a real world space in any kind of meaningful way? I mean, like a real world or a, a video game set in a real world analog, I guess. Um, I think it's like kind of unlikely, at least for a while. I don't think people who. Yeah. I think that if you made a game in a real world setting and we're like, this is about uh, oppressive government and like bad America capitalism stuff, I think that you just get yelled at forever yeah, and, on Twitter. And, the, and then, the, you just, know, there is there is some stuff I think that isn't obviously not, I wouldn't say flat out leftist, but has some leftist ideals like the upcoming Watch Dogs game, which I is ironically also Ubisoft. Uh, where mm-hmm. the pretty much premise of the game is there's no one main character and just you can recruit mm-hmm. anyone you want. So you can go any part of the city and any person from any aspect of life can come together to fight this bad government, which I guess is a start. It's better than this fucking elite squad thing. Um, if you read the lore of Doom Eternal, you'll find some very Marxist shit. Okay, let's go. Yes, the Doom the Doom games are very in that zone. I was about to buy that game, so maybe I need to buy that game. Doom Eternal's yeah. so good. Right. I mean, and you get occasionally too with like uh like Wolfenstein games that are obviously very like anti-fascist yes, pro I just the people. Played like two weeks ago, Wolfenstein: The New Colossus, and it's I think yeah, excellent. Yeah, it's so good. It's excellent. Well, well, then let's let, let's let's end the episode with a little bit of a game talk. But I guess just if anyone had a final thoughts on what we've been talking about today, we can share them. I guess from from my perspective, I feel very overwhelmed that gaming this year has been clearly taken like fully mask off, just with Twitch and the military, and and with just all these new messages and gaming and and getting very intense. Uh, it's just yeah, it's it's overwhelming, and there's really not much we can do about it other than troll them online and make fun of them um and just keep an eye on it you know i guess that's really all we can do at this point and that's alarming alarming, but that's their achilles heels no 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 one industry entertainment industry is more online than video games Mm -hmm. you know i mean yeah Yeah, so maybe that Uh, is their their own design for better or worse yeah and i think uh, that's a good place to end that right Uh, or in that conversation quickly i want to ask michael a quick question about uh wolfenstein um oh yeah now we can get to games though what difficulty do you play that game? Okay, on? so here's the thing: is that game is absurdly hard. I thought I was on like it's a tough. There game. were like five difficulty levels. I spent the first maybe third of the game on the middle one, 
And then I got so frustrated, I dropped it down to the second to easiest. So here's how I like to play those games. I try to beat them on normal, and then I play them again on easy because it's so much fun. And it appeals to like a very fundamental part of my personality to be like, oh, I'm an unkillable Nazi sniping yes. machine. Like, yeah. it's on easy, and like, I have all the yeah. power it's, now. It's a little tough, like, it's a little tough to, to play them right after Doom Eternal because they are like, they're on the surface kind of similar, but they are very different. Where I think Doom Eternals you really, you are a crazy demon killing you know god and then you are not a god in wolfenstein yeah and did you know that within the lore apparently uh doom guy is a descendant of bj blaskowitz and that the nazi that the the monsters in hell the early doom games are the nazis from wolfenstein absolutely fucking died and gone to hell awesome i was gonna make i was gonna make a joke about that and that's real uh, apparently, I've <laughs> well, read that in a couple of places. Is, is a is a Jewish icon. It's a Jewish superhero. Yeah, he's the one Jewish superhero. One of the best. BJ can. Uh, oh yeah, and BJ I can do think too. I mean, I'll uh, say one more thing about that game. That was really, <laughs> I was really impressed the whole time with the level of storytelling and you know how how kind of uh, knowledgeable it seems. There was one really good part when you're in New Orleans, Lux, and you thought you meet like that Marxist, oh, yes. the communist resistance leader. And there's this art. They have yeah. this argument that's so good, where BJ Blaskowitz is like pretty much yelling at him because like he's like he's a I guess a leftist, whatever. He's also like a rah rah American Army guy, and he's like you know hey yeah. if you you all weren't so busy you know complaining and fighting each other and complaining about this country, we wouldn't have been beaten by the Nazis. And that guy is like you know uh, you know well if you if you're so against fascism, why were you only fighting it when it wasn't here? Why weren't you fighting it when we were fighting it here? It's like these conversations you don't see in video games. You frankly don't really see in movies or TV that much either. Yeah, no, they have a really yeah. there's like a really unique voice to the to the uh, Wolfenstein games that obviously uh, as Jewish folks were particularly tuned into that whips ass. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. We yeah. love to see yeah. it. I would say that's a good alternative to to the right wing stuff that we were looking for alternatives in mainstream. And I think Wolfenstein is one of them yeah. for sure, or at least something that's explicitly talking about being anti Fash. Um, I wanted to bring up something that makes me feel good in video games after all this journeyness, and that's Divinity Original Sin 2. Ooh, oh, baby. Lux well, Lux told me about this a long time ago, and I didn't listen to him at yep, all. That's, that's um, how it works. Yeah, uh, but he was right, and I was wrong, and uh, it's incredible. It's just so good. I've been playing a multiplayer campaign with with three of my friends, friends of the pod, Hunter, Heidi, and Frankie, and uh, it's just the per. It's like if for anyone who doesn't know the game, I would describe it as if D and D was a video game, basically, and you could play with your four friends online, and it was just perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really great, and it, it, it's that game is incredible with just how many things it lets you do. Uh, yes. And how many approach like we, this is one thing we talk about on the show all the fuck or I talk about all the fucking time is like the the my favorite types of games are games where there's multiple ways to solve any situation or that like or most situations that you can approach things in lots of different directions. Um, and Divinity mm-hmm. Original Sin is like one of the best about that of any game. One and two, it's one of the best about that of any game. Uh, yeah. I've ever played. It's where just, like. It's- Sometimes yeah. it's like, oh, I'll shoot lasers at this guy, or I could blow up these barrels, or I could try to talk to him, or I could try and talk to these other guys and have them fight the guy for me. And there's like 55 solutions to like every problem, and it is so much fun to like figure or out. Or 55 new problems you can create, because what mostly we do is we get to every situation and then fuck it up somehow, and it's incredibly hilarious. Yes. And what is, is it like a, is it like a Diablo-style thing, or what? I don't know that much about it. it, it 
it looks a little top downy like Diablo, but you can kind of zoom down and explore a little bit more. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just there's just a, a like a, a plethora of choices and options and dialogue trees and stuff. And and you can work together in your team or you can work against each other and sabotage each other. There's just a million options. And that's what makes it so much fun. Um and there's one more thing that I had to mention today that we'll probably get into more next week. But one of my one of my big predictions about the year is starting to come true. And that's the uh, I would say largely shit talked upon new Avengers game is starting to get good. It's reviews, getting good reviews. Oh, yeah. Which, and <laughs> yes, the game that everyone insisted and told me that was going to be garbage. And I said, you know, there's something in the back of my mind that tells me that this might be a good game. And I and I'm started to be rewarded for the fruits of my labor. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing from many review, reviewers that I trust that it's it's starting to be very, very you good. You can get it on PS4. We could play it together and see how good it is. When's it coming out for public yeah, I think consumption? It's today. I, think, I think in a couple of weeks, but... I think this really speaks to I, I do have a I do feel like I have I don't know when it's out. Uh, someone look it up while I while I rant here. But I, I wanted to talk about I really am starting to develop sort of um, not a contrarian, but sort of a, I feel like I know a little bit about when games are going to suck or not now. I mean, like if we look like everyone was excited about Borderlands 3 and I just sensed in the force that it was going to be mediocre. And then everyone told me afterwards it was mediocre. And then all of a sudden I see Avengers and I'm like, you know, everything about this tells me that it's going to be shallow and it's going to suck. But I have a feeling, a deep gut feeling. And I think my gut's really starting to be pretty prophetic. Um, it's going to be out September 4th. So if you get a PS4 on September on Friday, we can play it over the weekend. Uh, well, I get it. You mean get a get PS4. it on your PS4. I didn't bring my. I'm in Austin. I didn't oh, that's bring my point. PS4. Maybe we can play co-op on the. Can you play co-op on the same machine? Maybe we can just play in my house. We'll look into it. We'll look into it. I'll pro- I'm probably going to get it on PC. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about that more. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting. I want to keep my eyes on that and it, it makes me hopeful for th- that. My gut has been so right that maybe most of my other predictions are going to come true this year too. Like I got a really good feeling about Joe Biden VR now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I got a really, there's good no couch it. co-op for, uh, our favorite Marvel Avengers, the game. And there's no crossplay. Nope, doesn't look like it. Um, well, Michael seems to have disappeared, well, but I had one more game that I've been playing that I want to tell you about. Because it's down. kind of uh... okay. <laughs> so speaking of games about war, thank you. yeah, I was like thank you, Daddy. Um, uh, speaking of games about war and stuff, I've been playing ta- uh, Tales of Cold Steel Volume Three. Uh, mm-hmm. um, Re- Revolutions, and it is a it's so good. The same way one and two are so good. And B, it's very different than Call of Duty, and but related in the sense of uh, it's about, you know, these people who have to go fight a war and you're fighting a war for this country. But it like complicates the question of going to war so, so, so much um, because it's like the country is run by these shady guys, um, but like not exclusively shady guys. And some of them are good and some of them are bad. And like some of them, it's like trying to fight for like the soul of the country and get the good guys in power and keep out the fascists while like reckoning with like the violence of like the nation's imperialism and it's like just doing so much stuff um and it's very fun uh and i think everyone should play it and that's another alternative to call of duty that's a jrpg instead of a shooter also yes and and this time ronald reagan is portrayed very accurately in that entails he eats jelly beans (laughs) and he hates the gays 
And they got they got the real actor too, real voice actor. They got the real yeah. For it. Got, it's all, it's um, all just same mice. clips from like the White House. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been a great episode. On our way out, I gotta say, I just saw my phone that the Biden Harris campaign has launched Animal Crossing yard I signs. I saw that during so this too. I, I'm feeling good about November fourth. I think uh, I think we I think we can call it right, folks. I mean, it, when I think of Animal Crossing, I think of swing voters, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Animal, I mean, that's where they all Animal live. Cross to the polls. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Worked so good last time. Um, well, do you have anything you want to plug, uh, Michael, before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Jokerfied underscore Bort. Um, trying to get more Twitter followers. It's kind of my new project. Uh, uh, other than that, okay. just be good to yourselves. Be kind with yourselves. It's trying times for us all. Be best. Yeah, okay, be, best. be best. Hey, Griffman. Yeah. You got anything to plug? Damn. Y'all, hop on Choom Room. I'm I'm in Texas this week. Uh, hop on. I'm in Texas next week too. Probably me and Lux might might hang out. It's, we got we got some interesting stuff going on this week. Uh, you know, Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two Remaster comes out in three days. I'll definitely be streaming that. Join us for one of those fun streams. And uh, Ooh, yeah, yeah, we'll baby. definitely be checking out the Avengers game. And I'll be uh, exclaiming about how right I was. That's always fun to listen to. We love um, to hear it. <laughs> we love to hear that. Um, and yeah, we'll I'll also be doing some Divinity Original Two streams with the with the some of the Game Boys guests of, of yesteryear. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of weeks of streaming. So go to twitch.tv slash Room, follow us and uh, check it out. It's going to be a fun time. Yesteryear and also this ter year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, like I got the Twitter guy that goes uh, this ter year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this. Um <laughs> Yeah, I got um, check out not even a show I'm doing some stuff over there. Um, yes, and check out Watchcrack stuff. What's happening on Twitter with not even a show? Yeah, <laughs> check out Watchcrack stuff. Also remember to check out Haley on YouTube and Instagram at Eat Every Sound, and check Haley out on the Memory Static podcast, which is coming back. You Hell can get yeah. more deets from them on Instagram at Memory Static. I think she's on a couple, so go check those out as well. All right, let's go. And as always, know your history. 